Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and with me for this segment, first-time guest, I certainly hope uh, not the last, uh, one of my favorite writers out there from uh, Big League Stew at Yahoo Sports, Chris Swick. Chris, welcome to the show. Al, it's good to be uh, reunited with you here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's no, great. Uh, <laughs> you had a little time together, a little overlap at, at CBS Sports. Uh, Chris has also written for uh, Fangraphs in the past, uh, but uh, does great work for uh, Yahoo. And uh, I had your Yahoo colleague, um, uh, Liz Rocher, on the show a couple of times. And so I admitted yeah. this embarrassing thing to her. So I'll admit it to you, too. Uh, back in the, in the very early days of Big League Stew, long, long time ago, I thought there was actually a person named Big League Stew. Hey, that, that makes sense. I, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> I still, I still kind of hold out hope. Maybe you know somewhere there, there is a stew. Maybe you're stew for all I know. Yeah, I mean, if we don't hire someone soon, I think I'll, I have to legally change my name when I'm there for four years. It's <laughs> 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 your contract. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Chris, uh, glad glad to have you on, and uh, you know it's a very timely uh, point to be talking both uh, about the uh, the White Sox and the Nationals, and uh, I know you dig deep into to both of those teams in your work. Mm-hmm. And so we'll start with the well. Actually, I'm going to make a little tangential move from the White Sox to the Cubs, just like uh, Jose Quintana did, because. Uh, that was a very uh, you know noteworthy debut he made with the Cubs. How odd was that for you to to witness that after all those years of seeing him uh, in the White Sox uni? Well, I I think uh, you know getting the win was was something I I was not used to seeing with Quintana. No, I think <laughs> right. honestly um, you know the the big thing with him I, I think people who watch the White Sox or who are White Sox fans um, just for years they. They saw all the games that either the bullpen blew or um, games where the team didn't score a lot of runs, and so Quintana wasn't winning. And I know, you know, I'm not a big pitcher wins guy, but I do think it, it impacts public perception. And so, I guess my my hope just for Quintana to be accurately rated among casual fans is that he goes to the Cubs and he suddenly reels off a ton of wins now because he's a with a better team and b rid of this White Sox non-run scoring curse, which I don't really believe in, but we'll just go with it for the purposes of our conversation. Yeah, you know, well, he certainly has the, you know, big enough sample to, uh, you know, it's not just uh, anecdotal evidence uh, with Quintana. So absolutely. And I'm going to dig a little more depth on Quintana uh, in in the next segment, uh, because it was a really interesting start. But while I've got you here, I do want to kind of talk about what what Quintana's left behind uh and namely a gap in the rotation and I would think short term probably it's gonna be Miguel Gonzalez uh, coming off the DL and filling that but the, the question that probably every fantasy analyst out there has been getting for the past uh, several days is uh when are we going to see Ronaldo Lopez and or Lucas Giolito so uh who do you think reaches first and how soon may we see either one of them so I guess I my sense is that Lopez is probably closer at this point, and it's mainly because he's pitched better this season. I know Giolito has consistently been rated the higher prospect, but he's had some issues lately, and if you look at the minor league numbers, they have not been great, and I think this goes back a little bit to last year. So the struggles have been bad. We know that if you've read a lot of the spring stuff, the White Sox really wanted to work on uh, some stuff with his delivery, get the fastball back at They've talked consistently about commanding the fastball. Obviously, those changes haven't taken yet, so that's a problem, and 
that that makes me feel like Lopez is closer. Now, when we'll see him, I'm not sure. I, I, I get a sense that both of those guys would be more uh, September call-ups. I could see Lopez coming up a little earlier if the team needs a spot start. And, you know, in his case, great. I'm not too worried about it. In Giolito's case, I almost feel like he's the type of guy who could benefit from working with Don Cooper. And so I could see them bringing him up in September, giving him a few starts, and then really kind of prepping him as as a possible rotation member next season and letting him work with Cooper, I don't know, throughout the offseason and definitely in spring training. So I see Lopez as the, the guy who's closer right now. Yeah, no, yeah, he's definitely been pitching much better lately, Lopez. And uh, but you know, general, generally, what I'm hearing from you is let's let's pump the brakes a little bit in terms of you know running out and making sure we have these guys ready uh, to you know put on our rotations uh, in the next uh, next few weeks. And it doesn't seem like the the White Sox are in a big rush to bring up either one. Um, they they will, I think, certainly be trading off more pieces. We've been hearing lots about Todd Frazier. Uh, in fact, uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeting yesterday that uh, it, it's, it seems close to inevitable he'll become a member of the Red Sox. Uh, David Robertson has been mentioned as a possible part of a package going to them, but I would think both of them would, would be going somewhere. I'll, I'll get to the voids that they could be leaving soon, but is there anybody else we should be looking for to be traded? So I think there's two other guys who really stand out to me, and I guess I should say I don't really think anyone's off the table except for I don't know, maybe, you know, Carlos Rodon, Tim Anderson, the guys you expect to be with the team four years from now. Uh, but I, I think in the in the pen, uh, you have uh, Tommy Canely back there, and you have Anthony Swarzak. Now, there's some issues with both of them. They're both having really great seasons. Swarzak, his contract's up at the end of the year, so I think that's kind of an obvious move. Uh, Canely's under contract, I think, through 2020. So the White Sox don't have to trade him. At the same time, he's also a 27-year-old having, um, you know, a career year. I mean, I know last year the ERA was great, but his strikeout rate has exploded this year. He's not walking anyone. And if this is the highest his value is going to get, I could see them moving both because we know they're going to be bad, so why do you need excellent relievers? <laughs> yeah, and it's the same frustrating thing in Baltimore where, you know, I've been saying for the last several days on the show, hold Brad Brock, hold Brad Brock, because, you know, Zach Britton might be traded, but now <laughs> there's all these rumors about Brad Brock being traded. So I, this is something I worried about with Canely and, and Swarzak, too. So I guess nobody, like you said, nobody is uh, necessarily safe there. Uh, if Canely does stick around, even just for a period of time uh, as the closer, is there anything to worry about there with him? Because his results lately have not been nearly as good. I guess the the only concern I would have is just that he's never been this good before, so it's it's track record related. But I don't know. I mean, I know you look at the peripherals. I look at the peripherals. The strikeout rate is 42%, which is exceptional. And the walk rate is 5%, which is easily a career low. It just it looks to me as if he's unlocked something this season. And so I would like to buy into what he's done it's the only concern I would have is short track record. He's never done this before over the full course of a season. So that's really it. If, yeah. if he's closing, I, I, I would like him if I was a fantasy uh, player right now. Yeah, no, I, I've, he's been one of the key guys that I've been stashing and encouraging other yeah. people to stash as well. Uh, and, and, you know, that obviously also goes for Yohan Moncada. We've been waiting all season for him to come up. Uh, what, when do you expect he'll be coming up? 
will he just slide right into second or you think, uh, I mean, because that's where he's been playing exclusively in the minors. Uh, and uh, and what would you expect for him uh, in terms of uh, his, his stats? So I expect Mankata to be up at some point before September. Uh, that would obviously be the latest in my mind. They're not keeping him in the minors all season. I think they'll find a place for him. It will most likely be second. The Todd Frazier trade possibility maybe complicates that. Um, but again, they've kind of made it clear that he's not going to play third anymore. So I'm not entirely sure what they would do over there at, at third base. It'll probably be a combination of guys. Uh, with Moncada, you know, the thing that, that stands out to me is the strikeouts. Last season, um, in his br- very brief Major League debut, that was kind of exposed as a problem. He's still striking out uh, 28% in the minors this year. Very high at AAA. It's actually better than his strikeout rate at AA, so it makes me think this is a guy who can improve. And so if they call him up, I I might expect some struggles immediately. Pitchers are still going to try and exploit that. Uh, I think eventually, you know, he's shown that he can make adjustments and get that under control and produce, I think, the numbers we all kind of expect. But, you know, maybe the first month or two might be rough. So if if you're going to depend on him or hold on, hold him, um, don't don't get frustrated is what I, I would advise to people. Yeah, no, I think that's that's great advice. And, you know, you mentioned it could be a, a combination of players. Uh, taking over at third base. Um, what about Nicky Delmonico? That's somebody that I've been researching a bit lately because it seems like he would be one of the more obvious uh, players. I know he's had some defensive struggles, but I mean, is he somebody maybe deep leaguer should should be stashing? Yeah, I feel like he's probably a nice deep league buy. I guess looking over the roster at this point, I guess they would stick Matt Davidson there a little bit, maybe Tyler Saladino. Those Guys really don't do much for me. I mean, I know Davidson yeah. is hit for power, but that, that strikeout rate really scares me. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's sustainable. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would say a, a really soft buy. I mean, if you have the space and you're in a deep league, maybe you could take the shot. All right. And uh, I haven't left you nearly as much time to address this as I had hoped, uh, Chris. But uh, I do want to talk about the, the Nationals closer situation. Sure. Because, of course, uh, you know, Ryan Matson, Sean Doolittle on the way. Uh, can you put your, uh, you know, your Dusty Baker, uh, uh, you know, crystal ball out on the table there and <laughs> tell me what you think uh, he's going to do with this uh, closer situation? All right. So knowing Dusty Baker like we do, I think he is more of a traditional closer guy. And that makes me feel like he's going to lean towards Madsen. Uh, Madsen's the righty. We typically see righties in the role. He's also been healthier lately, which is weird to say because he missed three seasons with, with injuries. So that's where I would lean, and I think they're both equally talented, but I think Dusty will go with tradition in that in that area. Yeah, now I, I would if he's going to go with one guy, I would absolutely agree with you on that. So, uh, well, Chris, we're just about out of time. So, uh, really glad that you took the time to uh, to join us here today. And uh, if you got more questions for Chris, uh, check him out on Twitter, and that's uh, at Chris underscore Swick C W I K. Chris, thanks so much. Yeah, this is great. Love talking to you. <laughs> Likewise, Chris. Have a good one. Everybody, we'll be right back. Let's talk about Jose Quintana. We'll do that right on the other side of the break. Hey, everybody. It's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? 